Arcane Gearsmith and Dragon Scribe Entertainment present Amazing Microfiction Season 1 Episode 6 Hello, and thank you once again for listening. I'm your host, Michael C. Miller, author and gearsmith. I have a few announcements for our listeners. First, our new website is up and running at AmazingMicroFiction.com. It has more information about both me, some of my other projects, and the podcast. After receiving several questions from listeners this week, I created a new page on the website called Scrivener's Toolkit. It is a launching point for new authors to learn more about the craft of writing. It has links to some of my favorite writing resources. If you are thinking about writing, give it a look. Second, I created a Twitter account last week. You can follow me at A. Gearsmith. I post almost daily Twitter fiction, stories with up to 140 characters in length, and occasionally will post my random musings as well. You can follow me by clicking on the follow button in the sidebar of the website or towards the bottom of the website for mobile users. And finally, I upgraded some of my recording equipment this week. I purchased a new Yeti microphone and a silent clicking mouse. Hopefully the improvement shows. Let's get back to the podcast. In each episode, I choose stories from my own genre-based microfiction and read those selections to you like they were audiobooks. Sometimes these stories may be incomplete, but in general they are meant to convey ideas to you, the listener. First-time listeners may ask, what is microfiction? Well, microfiction generally refers to short stories between 50 and approximately 300 words in length. There is some debate over this, but for our purposes, we will keep our selections to under 300 words. This week, I have selected three of my newest short stories to read to you. Selection 1. Derek J. Rotterdam III. 295 words in length. Starting over again was all a big lie. There was nothing of fun about space travel. Sure, the recruiters talked about fertile new planets to attract the labor force, but what are we really? We're just a bunch of grunts. Slave labor for the corporate entities back on Earth. I knew it was going to be a rough ride when I asked about doing the centripetal force machine, and they just laughed at me. They said no one does that anymore. We freeze you before you go up into space. What they really meant to say was that we're going to drown your sorry ass with refrigeration chemicals, and if you survive being frozen, then you get set into space according to their need. That's what happened to me. Derek James Rotterdam III. Wait, I'm sorry. Interplanetary Revival Resource Gamma Gamma Theta 03974261 for you Earthers. They just call me Derek GGT, and when they're pissed off, it's the whole code. What jerks. I signed up for helping to mine the belt. Big bucks for ten years hard labor, then you retire on Mars or even on Luna as a millionaire. Although most go buggo from the isolation first. I'm not that lucky. They screwed up and sent me to the crap into the universe, Theon Prime, more than 5,000 light years from Earth. No mining, no retirement. I'm a freaking plumber. Actually, no, 
I'm a sanitation engineer. When I finally showed up at the colony, that was the only thing they had left. Otherwise, they were going to keep me on ice, the bastards. You know, the truly sad part about all this? That's the job I had back on Earth. Corporate jerks. Must be their kind of sick joke. Selection 2. Nepha. 298 words in length. Nepha Mr. Father. He was the clan chief and had gone hunting days ago. Longer, even. She sat on the mud-brick roof, legs dangling carefree over the side of her dwelling. This simple hut had been her family home since she was born. The narrow canyon walls were only a stone's throw away. The canyon was her playground. She knew it and all its hiding places. Nepha smiled and dropped from the roof to the ground. Just where do you think you're going? Nepha smiled at her mother. I was going to climb down and play in the water. Not today. Her mother sounded worried, tears forming in her eyes. But, Nepha, do as I say. Nepha looked at her mother's face. Yes, Mama. Her mother forced a smile and waved her away. Go play. With a quick nod, Nepha ran around the building. She could hear her mother calling, Stay in the village! The village was boring. The same people, the same stupid kids. A dip in the river sounded great, and Nepha knew the perfect place. With a smile on her face, she ran through the village. There was a little used path just behind the second stable. As she approached the path, one of the clan's warriors stood guarding it, bow at the ready. In fact, now that she thought about it, all the warriors were gone or busy. Curious, she sprinted for a different trail. It was guarded, too. She looked around. All of the trails were guarded. Then a warrior's cry echoed down the canyon and was repeated by each warrior in turn. Nepha got the chills. Long before she saw the body, she knew that her father had died. Nepha began to weep. Selection 3. Shipment. 300 words in length. There was nothing grander than the view from atop the dock tower as the sun rose. From this height, the sunlight made the town look as though it were on fire. Far below, few noticed the sunrise. The docks were full, and there were plenty of airships waiting for their turn to be unloaded. Corim smiled. This was how life was supposed to be. Tradesmen and merchants buying and shipping their wares, and Corum collecting the docking fees. But today was special. One final ship, and he would escape this backwater town. There was a knock at the door. Reluctantly, Corim walked over and opened it. Mr. Cedric, you're late. The man dressed in a used overcoat and dock worker clothing stepped hesitantly into the large office. Sorry, sir. The men... Corim cut him short. What is the status of our special delivery? It is scheduled to arrive at midday. The bay has been cleared, and the neighboring docks as well. I want the whole level cleared. Cedric's jaw dropped. 
But, sir, there are still five ships awaiting unloading. Move them. I can't have nothing go wrong today. Yes, sir. Right after you pay us. Corim stared in disbelief at the dark worker. This is an outrage. Do your job or you're dismissed, all of you. I don't think so. You needs us to unload those weapons. A pistol appeared in Cedric's hand. Besides, you wouldn't want the new constable to know what you're doing, do you? Cedric grinned. You don't understand. The safety of the frontier depends on these weapons arriving. Then you better pay us. Reluctantly, Corim nodded, taking a stack of money from his desk and handing it to Cedric. He took the money, then shot Corim in the head. All right, I hope you enjoyed the selections this week. Thank you for listening to Amazing Microfiction. This is a bi-weekly podcast, but we will be adding extra episodes when we get some spare time. If you enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please let me know. Once again, you can visit our new website at AmazingMicrofiction.com or you can follow me on Twitter at AGearsmith. Thank you for listening. This podcast is copyright 2018 by Michael C. Miller and Dragon Scribe Entertainment. All rights reserved. The selected readings were works of fiction. Any resemblance to names, events, ideas, locations, and characters or persons, living, dead, or fictional, is entirely coincidental.